1: the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. First pitch to Seager. He swings. It's a high fly ball to right field. Renfro turns. He watches. That one. Long gone. A majestic home run off the bat of Corey Seager that touched the moon. It's the second home run hit by Seager tonight to the Rangers. Lead five to one. Two home runs, five
0: runs batted in. Rangers win seven to three on this radio station last night. They go for the sweep this evening. Pregame six thirty. And the lead over the Astros is three and a half games. Let's bring in Brett Boone, host of the Brett Boone Podcast, and Odyssey original, featuring the most notable names in baseball and all around sports every week. Good morning, Brett. How you been?
2: I've been good. You guys doing all right?
0: Yeah. You've seen our baseball team, haven't you? <laughs> winning a lot of games yeah, out get, here.
2: You guys are good. You guys are good. You got, you got re, uh, at the, at the uh, deadline, you got more players. Uh, they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough come postseason.
0: Have you changed your mind yet? And we had been, we've been along with you, so we're not trying to make you look like the bad guy. We've agreed. Have you changed your mind yet on who's winning the West?
2: Wow! Oh, who's oh who's winning the West? No. <laughs> <laughs> what did you
0: think? It sounds like what you thought was a better question. I, I we should have we asked.
2: I, I thought we were. I thought we were getting ahead of ourselves. And who's going to win the American League uh, title? Okay. But to win the West, no. I think Texas is going to do it. I think Texas is going to do it. Um, what are we thinking? I, I, I've been looking. At when, what are we thinking of Aldi's going to be coming back?
3: Uh, he should be bad. The they've been a little cagey on all of their pitching injuries this year, but they've right. been optimistic that he should be returning. I believe at some time in the next two weeks or so.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's going to be real key. I mean, that's it's such a formidable starting rotation now. You know, it went from a really a, a good rotation, and I think uh, Gray up in his game Evolve early in the season, but now you had Scherzer, you had Montgomery. I mean, you got so many options in that starting rotation. Right now, it's Scherzer, Dunning, uh, Heaney, Gray, Montgomery. You got to add Abalde into that mix, so somebody's going to have to take a back seat to that. But it's it's really nice at this stage, especially with with what you can do offensively, to have that kind of uh, to kind of have that those options as a, start, as, a as a starting stack. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome.
3: When we look at the Rangers offense and people have talked all year about like how sustainable is it what they do? Because if you look at, you know, for instance, OPS plus almost the entire lineup is above 100, which means the entire lineup is hitting above league average. That feels like at some point it's going to have to kind of come back down to earth. So, I mean, knowing that that day of reckoning could be coming for the lineup at some point is the biggest thing for them that, Look, Scherzer does need to show that he can continue to be the kind of guy that he's been since they traded for him. And Montgomery's got to continue to show stability. Like, is the rotation really going to determine if Texas is for real come playoff time?
2: For me, I, I always go with pitching. It's always, if you can pitch, you've always got a chance. You know, the hitting is a bonus. The, the hitting is a bonus. Because if you can't pitch, you're out of the tournament. You can't play. Because anybody can beat you if you can't pitch. If you can pitch, you always got a chance. Now add this offense. Still, in my opinion, the best offense in baseball. Yeah, a lot of people are going to argue Atlanta. But I look at this offense, these guys haven't, these guys haven't wavered. They've been one across the board uh, in offense all year. And, and it doesn't matter if they fall off a little bit. This, is, this offense is real. You're just not having a couple guys having uh, you know great years out of, out of nowhere. There's young players that, that they planned on being really good players that are proving that they are. And the veteran players are you, – you know a Simeon is a proven guy. Uh, you know a Seager, when healthy, what he can do. I think what he's doing this year is above, above and beyond what he's ever done. I, I looked at Seeger a couple of years ago, and I said, this guy can stay healthy. I see this guy being an MVP one year. Yeah. Now, he's having an MVP-type season. He just doesn't have the, the plate appearances, and he's missed – you know, a little too much time, but still, you look at his numbers for in his body of work this year for the at bats. Wow, what a what a season so far! It, and it goes up and down that lineup. I, I don't think that that lineup's going away. And even if they fall off a little bit, they're still as good or better than anybody else. You know what's cool about looking at this lineup? It brings me back to when good players hit two eighty. Good players hit 300, and, and you don't see that in baseball now. You go through all the lineups throughout throughout baseball, and it's like 242, and everybody says, oh, he's having a great year. 242? When was that great? <laughs> it's not great. And, and I think we've gotten away from the fact that 200 stinks, and I don't care what generation era you're playing in. If you hit two twelve, you stink as a hitter. <laughs> and uh, we, we've gotten away from that. I look at this Rangers lineup; it's refreshing. Two eighty two. He's having a good year. Yes, he is. Uh, so, I, you know, that, that's one thing that I get some solace uh, when I do watch the Rangers. But this this offense is is a machine. You know, I love watching Garcia hit. I mean, he's just he's just a beast and uh, just fury going through the strikes. A lot of fun up and down that lineup. Got to stay healthy. That's the key. And, and, and not only for the Rangers, that's the key for any team at this stage of the season, making that last push, getting ready for that postseason.
0: Brett has Scherzer erased the question marks that many people had of him during the deadline or still too soon?
2: I still think he's the, he was the biggest pickup. You know, you, you got to consider his age he's getting up there in, in, uh, in years, uh, he was having an okay year for the Mets. We're used to Scherzer being that dominant guy. Yeah, he wasn't having it in-his-prime Scherzer year. But he's not, he's not 28, 29 years old anymore. I think this trade at the deadline. And the fact that he didn't hesitate uh, because he had, in his contract, I think he's got full say on where he goes, where he doesn't go, if he can be traded. In fact, right away he said, yeah, they want to win, uh, I want to go. I think that, that that gives you a little pep in your step uh, late in the season. When you go from a Mets team that was probably one of the most disappointing teams in all of baseball this year yeah. to you've got new life going to a vibrant Texas team that's that's hitting on all cylinders. And all of a sudden, you know, that that it's amazing that adrenaline rush that you get, and so far so good for Scherzer. I remember watching his first inning with Texas, and he had a little bit of a rough first inning. Ever since then, he's kind of locked it down. He's got a 1-8. Uh, since he's been over here in Texas, I think he's going to be nothing but a great asset for this team going forward. Evalde for me, and that's why I asked at the top of the show, Evalde for me is the key. You go Scherzer, Evalde 1-2, and they're both pitching like they can pitch, man, that's that's a formidable 1-2 when you get into a short se- uh, short series in, in that postseason.
0: Brett, we've been talking about the 8th, 9th setup with Chapman pitching the 8th. Will Smith pitch in the ninth, and we're like, okay, it's gone pretty well so far. Maybe everyone's comfortable, but if Arotis has better stuff and he's more electrifying, why isn't he pitching in the ninth? Did you have, ever have a situation like that on your team where it's like, huh, why isn't the eighth inning guy pitching the ninth? And why do you think Bochi w- would stick to this?
2: I think Bochy's got his reasons, you know, and that might be an internal thing. They've, Bochy might've had a sit down with both of them and thought, all right, we've got two closers here. We, I had that in the, in the mid 80s or in the mid nineties with the Reds team. I was on, we had a young up and coming closer in, in Brian Shaw and we had a, a uh, proven closer in Jeff Brantley. Yeah. They were just as, they were just as good as one another. Brantley ended up moving on Shaw ended up being the closer in, in, in the coming years. But at the time, it was like, what do, you, what do we do? Well, it, it worked out best that, that Shaw stayed in that setup role. He was nails all year. Brantley, I, I think that year, won the Fireman Award for the best closer in baseball. So it's something that internally gets worked out. And, and Boach is if there's, any, if there's a guy in baseball that, that can make you comfortable in your role, when you sit down with Bruce Bochy, it's him. And, and there's a lot of egos you got to deal with and a lot of money, a lot of guys making a lot of money. You've got Chapman, you know, the, the you look at the, the body of work that he's had over his career, uh, great closer. But you look at Smith, pretty darn good too, won a World Series with the Atlanta Braves. Uh, there's egos involved, but if anybody can get that worked out is Bruce Bochy, and at this stage, it, it's best for, for all players to just kind of put their personal aside. Look at, look at what you have in front of you. Look at the run you're on this year. Look at uh, the chances you have to go to that postseason, go deep into the postseason. And at that stage, I think as players you're able, especially as veteran players, you're able to put it aside and do whatever is good for the, for, the, for the ball club. The thing that's great about having Chapman and Smith, you've got options. You know, if one, one teeters a little bit, you can switch that at any time you want. So right now, so far so good. They're winning this way. Uh, but like I said, having Boach at the top, being the, the, the conductor, uh, there's not a better guy. If I had to walk into a room and Bruce Boach is going to go, all right, Booney, we're going to hit you third instead of fourth, and we're going to there, – there's one guy that could just make you smile and whatever the, the outcome, whatever the scenario would be, Bruce Boach is the guy that could get you to do it. So they got the perfect guy running the running the ship for, for the Texas Rangers.
3: Hey. Brett, I'm glad you brought up the Brantley-Shaw comparison in the mid-90s because that was obviously one that you just talked about there where Brantley holds on to the job. Ultimately, they never make the switch. In 03, and it was due to injury, but in 03, you did have a switch in Seattle where Sasaki got hurt, Shigetoshi Hasegawa came in to close and then kept the job even when Sasaki came back. And Sasaki had been an all-star closer for a couple years. Was that a tough transition for the team when, in that instance where they decided to make the flip? Was there anybody who went, hey, this has been a, a great closer for us. We should give him his job back.
2: Well, uh, I, I remember that down the stretch. It, it was The writing was on the wall, and it was so obvious at that point, and, and Sasaki had closed, and then all of a sudden he didn't want to pitch. I remember, I remember a game, a, a, turn, a, a turning point, where it's the ninth inning game, and he didn't want to pitch. And and then also there were some late innings where it wasn't a save situation. It was a four-run save. And he didn't want to do that where the ego gets involved a little mm-hmm. bit. Now, I don't want to say anything negative about Kazuhiro because I had a great time with him. And that's what I'm talking about, though. Uh, the ego becomes involved. O in three, 3 if I remember correctly, we had uh, – at the All-Star break, we were leading everybody again and in, in, in control, and we kind of lost it down the stretch. And Shigatosi had – he was banged up. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, not Shigatosi. Uh, Kazuhiro was banged up down the stretch, and there were some little things that went on, and there was kind of a butting heads with him, him and uh, him and management at the time. I think Bob Melvin was the skipper, yeah. and it was kind of like, "All right, you, we're coming in, and it's a four-run, it's a four-run save." Well, I don't want to do that. I want to only want to be in a safe situation. Yeah. So it was one of those back and forth. Shiggy was doing a great job, and they just made the switch uh Kazuhiro ended up going back to Japan, I believe, at the end of that year and never to return. But I, I don't want to say anything and bring up the, the past. And It, it wasn't a negative. I had nothing but positive experiences with, with Kazuhiro. But, yeah, egos get involved sometimes and feelings get hurt, especially when you've been great for a lot of years. It happens with position players too, you know, guys that are used to hitting third and fourth in the lineup and you're asked to hit sixth. I remember late in my career – Raul Ibanez came back to Seattle and I'd been hitting third uh, for five years in Seattle. And all of a sudden Mike Hargrove said, well, we're going to hit you sixth. And I, I kind of took that as an ego blow. Like how dare you hit me sixth? Yeah, You know, if, if I had some more retrospect back then I can look in the mirror and go, because I deserve to hit sixth right now. You, yeah. you can look that as a, as a player removed and say, yeah, man, I, he was right. But at the time when you're going through it, Uh, you know, sometimes your your brain doesn't function that way. So completely understand, but uh, that's why I said Boach, if there's anybody that can do it, Boach has that special touch. He's got that it factor that not too many guys have.
0: Brett, thanks as always, man. We appreciate it. Enjoy the uh, rest of the week, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks,
2: guys. appreciate it.
0: Brett Boone, host of the Brett Boone Podcast and Odyssey Original. Make sure to follow the Brett Boone Podcast on the Odyssey app or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This segment, we keep on talking about the 6 a.m. club. Crosstalk with Kevin and Corey has been going through the roof as well. Find out why. Crosstalk with KNC next on The Fan.